Welcome to another edition of Canton Bound, the NFL half of our Campus to Canton podcast. As always, I'm Colin. And this is Austin. He's back. We found him. The, uh, you could put away the milk cartons now. You take down the, uh, the missing posters. We have found Austin. The prodigal son returns. Austin, welcome back. And I know that you were clamoring to get back for this Canton Bound episode. I know you were fervently trying to get everything done so you could get back in time for Canton Bound. Yeah, the uh, the download numbers have just been so atrocious over the past six weeks that I couldn't let this continue any longer. This charade, this one-man show that's been going on here. So I'm back to hopefully help the numbers. Just even if it's just a little bit, it'll be much improved from where they've been while I was gone. I mean, that's just blatantly false. I just said in our meeting today, tonight, the download numbers were up. Download numbers across up. across the They're group way up. are up. Way For up. this specific program, I'm not so sure. I, they, they haven't been, they have not been elite. They're always elite. Uh, that is thanks to you guys, the listeners, for always downloading um, and for showing all the support while Austin was gone. Uh, we got a lot of a lot of extra downloads that we didn't normally get before, and I, I credit you being gone for that. It's actually really funny. Um, the campus life over the past month that had the most. Guess which one it was. Um, I think it was the one with Froton. I don't think it was. <laughs> <laughs> I have to go back and look at that now. Was he was he within the past month? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. He was, he was in March. I have to go back and look exactly at the number, but I think it was the, was this the supplemental strategy one. That's um, not true. So it's, it's false. People are saying, people are saying, Colin. False, all false, all fake. Um, but thank you for coming back. Did you miss it? Yeah, I actually did. <laughs> it's funny that I oscillated basically between the two extremes while I was gone. Um, I mean, it's not like I was just vacationing. I know we talked about it when I popped in last week or two weeks ago or whatever while you were uh, recording. I it's it's like a crazy time of the year at work for me. So it's not like I was just hanging out, but I did flip between. This is really nice to get to go to bed at a reasonable hour, you know, with my wife, like instead of you know uh, going to bed like two hours after she does, uh, having clear evenings beyond a certain point. Um, but then I did go through stages where I missed being in front of a microphone too. So um, I think I missed it more. I missed it more than I didn't because if I if that wasn't the case, I wouldn't be back on tonight. So um, that that should tell you how much I missed doing all the shows. And I think moving forward, I should be back for everything now. I think I am officially um, returning for my normal. Uh, appearances well i am very glad that you are starting your redemption tour here with with canton bound uh, on this episode and then you get a nice little break and then we get campus life i did i technically started it yesterday with um uh debbie debate but uh, ah. mm. yes which i wasn't really planning on being on felix kind of strong-armed me <laughs> um, so, but it was nice to meet. I've never actually spoken to Matt Waldman before. He was on the show last night. He is uh, such a just interesting 
knowledgeable, like sage. <laughs> that is, that um, is a great word for him. He's just he says stuff and you're just like, Oh, I've never really heard it described like that before. That's, that's a really good description. Um, so if you, if you haven't listened to that, he was on for 30 ish minutes last night, maybe, maybe a little bit longer than that. The first half of, of Debbie debate. And we talked to him about specific players, um, uh, this quarterback class, Anthony Richardson, Will Levis. We talked to him a little bit about uh, the process of writing the RSP, which is a, a more than a Harry Potter novel every year. Um, and, and just how he does that. Cause he's a one man show um, and, and all the kind of things in between. It was, it was fascinating. And Felix does a show with him every two weeks. So he's lucky enough that he gets to bend his ear, uh, uh, you know, more often than that. So, but go check that out. That was my first show back. And now, uh, this is this is my uh, my follow up here. Now I, I'm warmed up. I'm ready to go. I'm glad you you got warmed up on on Debbie Debate, the show that nobody cares about um, on the podcast feed. That's what they say. That is what they say. Um, but all right, we'll uh, we we have one announcement here to make. Um, we have a new contributor, uh, Volume Pigs on Twitter. If you follow him, it's at Volume Pigs. There, he's been pumping out a lot of great CFF content. Uh, he has his own Substack; uh, that's where he posts most of it. And I mean, he's just been the talk of Twitter lately. He's joining the team. He's going to be one of our uh, one of our CFF team members now. He's going to be contributing, writing for us and stuff. So, uh, very excited to bring on Volume Pigs. It's not difficult to recognize somebody who is not only clearly a good writer, but also clearly passionate about what they're writing about and knowledgeable about it. So we talked about this on the collective, our NIL only show a couple weeks ago. Uh, we don't care what your following is. You know, you could have 10 followers, you could have 10,000 followers. Uh, the nature of, of the college space is you're probably going to be a lot closer to 10. Uh, more often than you are to 10,000. Um, but we, I, I volume pigs for a guy that has less than fewer than 200 followers. is just criminal. Um, he's a, a sharp guy. He's really, really good at what he does. Um, he's starting off as at writing. I think we're going to twist his arm a little bit to maybe get him <laughs> to do some other things around campus to camp. Cause he's just, I mean, he, he's really, really great. I've, I've had the pleasure of speaking with him uh, over calls a couple of times now. So I'm very excited to have him in. Um, doing, you know, all sorts of different uh, you know, player profile kind of, you know, spotlight articles and, and uh, coaching changes and just, you know, anything that comes to mind. The CFF stuff is such a shifting landscape every offseason that I don't know that you can necessarily have enough people digging into it and covering it and figuring out what's going on. So we're, we're really happy to have him um, go follow him on Twitter at Volume Pigs. Like you said, go check out his sub stack. Uh, he put in like five articles on there a week. The guy just is a machine. Um, and um, we got a Canadian friend for Corey. So that was really <laughs> the main objective that we achieved here with this move. Yeah. Yeah. We needed a, a another a northerner for, for Corey there. That, that was really the impetus for this. But no, I, like you said, I mean, he's been um, putting out a, a ton of great content. And, and not only is it like actionable content too, but like you said, it's, very, it's so well written. Uh, it was really a no-brainer to to reach out and and you know see if he wanted to join the team and you know fortunately he did. Um, 
But we'll get into the show here. We'll start off with a little bit of NFL news, uh, and then we're going to talk a little bit about second-year players. We've been talking about a lot of rookies lately. It's just that time of year here. We can't ignore the second-year players. So we'll talk a little bit about some guys we're buying and then compare some to some rookies. Uh, but before we get into that, this podcast is part of the Fantasy Points Media Group, along with a ton of other great pods. You can follow all of them on Twitter at Fantasy Points Live or check out the Friday Drops that recap the week in the Fantasy Points Media Group. And if you're looking for additional NFL or CFF content, Fantasy Points is a great resource. You can head on over there and check out everything they have to offer. All right, into the news. Um and we really have to start with with this one. Tyreek Hill reportedly plans to retire in 2025 after his current contract is up. Uh, Austin, do you believe this? Uh, I think it's less about if you believe it or don't believe it. And I, I'm not really that sure either way. I don't know. I've never really heard about Tyreek Hill being the kind of guy that is... Uh, rumored to just be spending through all of his money. There are definitely players like that that you know that as soon as the day that they <laughs> retire within a year, they're not going to have any money, so they have to kind of continue uh, playing to fund their lifestyle uh, and fund it for as long as they possibly can. I don't, I don't, I don't know that it matters if it's true or not. But he's 29 years old right now. He just turned 29. He's a, a, a March 1st birthday, so. Um, Three years from now, he'll be 32. With the way he plays, I don't know how much longer his value necessarily lasts at its current. I don't know if it's at a peak right now, but it's kind of at a, a high plateau, we'll say. I think it's going to drop off regardless. So whether you're selling him because he's going to be done in, purportedly in three years or whether you're just trying to get ahead of the the age cliff, I don't, I don't know that it really should impact his value at all, and I think if you can buy him at a discount because of this news, we talk all this sh- all the time on this show. Three year windows. I think we have posited on the show. I think on this one before, maybe it was uh, a different one. You know, maybe CTC two C stretches that window a little bit because you have control over more things right. as as the process unfolds. Um, but I like he's he's a prime guy that over the next three years, I don't know how many more quarterbacks or how many more wide receivers you really want to have if you're a competing team than him. So I think this might have presented a, a buy window of some sort if somebody is uh, scared off a little bit by the news. Do you Would you agree with that? Yeah, I, I absolutely think this is a buy window. Um, I think it's a good point. You know, he is 29. Uh, in 2025, he'll be 31, 32-ish. Um, good math, everybody. 29 plus 3. You well, it actually me. would be – it would be plus 2 – 2025 is 2023 now. So 2025 is two years. So I think he would play the 2025 season and then he would be done. Mm. I just 2026, he has a, I think he has that year still on his contract, but it's uh, one of those easily voidable, clearly tacked on the end to stretch uh, contract value, whoever you need. Um, So I think it's through the 2025 season is what okay he said. well He's so when i said football. when i said 31 32 it was really because i didn't want to make fun of you for bad math uh but i was correct because i was doing 2025 i was thinking the year 2025 not the 2025 season but Colin, i digress we've never, we have never pulled punches on this show just because i've been away for a few months does not mean that i am any less sharp in fact i might be sharper 
I, I have just been waiting in the wings, just, you know, sharpening my edges, waiting for my return. So sharpening that axe. Don't don't hold any punches tonight. Right. OK, I, I will be upset if you do. Well, I mean, I didn't want to scare you off. This is like your first episode back here and, and how long and, you know, it gets it got lonely. I had to bring Matt on once or twice. So well, if I just have a fit, I'm done with this. Just take my earphones out, <laughs> throw them like this. walks off stage. Done. I'm done. I'll, I'll look like the the uh, the management for the Ravens yesterday in that press conference <laughs> when that reporter asked them if they of uh, Lamar Jackson question when they were supposed to not ask them any Lamar Jackson questions. Have you seen that clip? I have not. Oh, the their their reaction. The, it's a hard ball, and the the GM are sitting up there, and they're both just you know kind of like, uh, uh, <laughs> what do we do? I'll have to check that one out. Deer in the headlights, kind of like when I'm yelling at you. Yeah, somewhere. I just glaze over. Um, but yeah, no, I, I back to Tyree Kill. Yeah, I agree with you. I think this is going to present a buying window in Dynasty. I mean, we operate in two to three year windows anyway. Uh, in C two C, that's definitely a buying opportunity. If I, if I'm competing, um, you know, if if I'm looking to sell, if I'm not competing, I'm probably not selling him right now. I'm going to wait till start closer to the start of the season or like you know couple weeks into the season anyway, just because that's when his value would be a little bit higher. But at that point, I'd probably be looking to move him if I'm not competing. But if I am, then, yeah, like you said, there's not too many other receivers that you would want ahead of Tyree Kill, um, you know, for for the next two years, you know. So, yeah, I think that this – it'll be interesting to see if he actually follows through with it and does retire. But uh, buying window for competitors. I kind of like the idea of – I mean, obviously, you want to see these guys stretch their careers as long as possible, but retiring at an age where they're still kind of at their peak is always kind of interesting. And I think long term for a lot of these guys, it probably props up their legacy a little bit because not everybody can actually play until they're 38, 40 at a high level. It's really, really rare. But if you get a guy that retires at 32, you can kind of play the what if game. You know, we've got the what if game. How how many yards and touchdowns could Calvin Johnson have had if he he played his his full career, or or Terrell Davis if he hadn't kind of had that that shortened career, or or Gail Sayers, or some of these Andrew Barry Sanders, Andrew Luck, like you, some of these guys have a much stronger legacy than they might have otherwise if they kind of tailed off at the end of their career so could actually in the long run be good for a guy like Tyreek Hill who I'm not I mean I'm, I'm not he's an elite 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 athlete but I don't yeah. know how well he'll age at the end of the day it's not a game that I would necessarily bet money on being really really good for a really long time yeah it's a good point uh next news item we have Trevor Lawrence is quote super excited after his throwing session with Calvin Ridley uh, Calvin Ridley was just recently reinstated after missing all of the 2022 season and the second half of the 2021 season. Uh, I know you have been a fairly big proponent of, of Calvin Ridley coming back and, and being a buy here. Is this this is obviously positive news here for Ridley and, and Lawrence being excited? Are you still on the Ridley train? Yeah, I think so. I know that it's a little scary to not trust a guy that that or to trust a guy that's been, that hasn't played football in two years, but uh, it, it's a good offense. He's tied to a, a good quarterback. We like the the coaching staff that they have there. Uh, there's a lot of things going for him. 
and he hasn't at least missed time because of injury at all. You know, he might uh, he might start the year a little slow, but I still have a lot of faith in him. He doesn't have a lot of wear and tear on his body. So I I, I mean, I don't know that he's a buy right now. He, he was a buy a year ago. I think you've kind of missed the window. Um, but I think the next window is if he struggles for the first couple of games. I, I think then you can kind of swoop in and get him for for, you know, maybe an early second or mid second or something like that. And if he rebounds, you're feeling pretty good about that. Yeah, I think he will probably struggle for the first couple of games. I mean, he missed a year and a half of football. You know, you can even assuming he was staying in shape, you know, and now he's working out. He's going to be working out with Trevor Lawrence all offseason. But this just being in a game is just very different. So I think it's going to take him a little bit of time to knock the rust off. So I do think there will be a buying window that will open. But, you know, Calvin Ridley, he was a 1,300-yard receiver when he was there in in Atlanta. Um, You know, so – I think he's still very talented and you were talking about Tyreek Hill, maybe not having a game that ages well. I think Calvin Ridley's game will age fairly well. So I think he has a a decent number of years left, you know, maybe like another four or five years of, of Oh wow. You think so? Yeah. I mean, he's what 27, I think. No, I think he's like 30. Is he? He entered the NFL really, really old, right? Oh yeah. He was an older, uh, older, college prospect there but i i didn't think he was that old oh, he, okay he's 28 he's 28 okay he's 28 I all right he was so like 29 30 on the boundary there so okay four, to, four, the four to five more years puts him at that 32 30 the difference yeah his dad's um, name's colin interestingly enough thanks wikipedia bad genes bad genes <laughs> what's in um, a name okay so so at 28 he's probably got like three three years left. Four yeah. Years and again, left. we're only, we're only working at three, three year windows max. Yeah. So uh, it's not a bad, a bad bet. Look, I still think Trevor Lawrence is ascending. Yeah. I, I really, really do. Um, so would it shock me at all? If there's 4,800 yards to be distributed next year in the Jaguars offense, it, it wouldn't at all. And, and who they have ETN at running back and then they don't really have anybody else. And like they have a huge stable of, of guys back there to contribute that way. So I, I think it's going to be the T law show there. And I think, I, I still think all those receivers are going to have value. That's not really what we were talking about, but I, th- I think right. Ridley has value. I think Christian Kirk, you know, I tough to expect the season that he had last year, but I still think he'll have value. Uh, they re-signed Evan Ingram, right? I don't remember if they mm-hmm. franchised him or if they ended up agreeing to a deal or not, but I, I think he'll be fine there for another year. Maybe not quite what he did last year, but I, a, a better and best ball kind of player. I, I think all those guys will be will be completely fine there. And I think they're a sneaky team to add kind of a, a third wide receiver, depending on how the board shakes out, like maybe in the second round to kind of just add to that grouping. Yeah, I would agree with that. We've done a, f- a decent amount of mock drafts uh, over at the site uh, with, our, with our NFL team. What site there. is that? Campscan.com. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, over at uh, I, over I've at Camp. It. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's it's a up and coming little operation over there. But yeah, the the NFL draft team and me and Matt Dwight uh, Barnabas, uh, Corey Pereira, you know, a, a smattering of other people here and there. We've done some mock drafts, and I've picked for the Jags a couple of times, and they don't have that many needs. So they do have an opportunity where if the board, if a wide receiver they like falls to them, they could take him. And it would not surprise me that much. I think this wide receiver class is pretty deep. Uh, it might not have the top end talent, but I think they could get a, a really nice option in the second round. So I, it wouldn't surprise me at all. 
Uh, speaking of that really quickly. Oh, boy. Because it's been a long time since I've been on the show. Mm-hmm. I know the story for years was, you know, 2023 class is the class. And then as we started approaching the end of the season, there was this panic that actually the class wasn't good, that actually all the running backs except for B. John Robinson stink, that there's no alpha wide receiver, that all the quarterbacks are severely flawed in one way or another. And now it is April 6th. We are seven or eight deep at wide receiver of players that we really, really like. The depth at running back is going to probably change the running back landscape in the NFL. And there are probably four top 10 draft picks at quarterback. I just want to throw that out there. And it's considered the deepest tight end class in years. Um, so uh, to all the people that were panicking, uh, I know who you are. I remember who you were. Uh, <laughs> don't quit your day job. Yeah, I think the perception really came from the loss of Boutte. I mean, not loss. He's still in the class. But like um, Keishon Booty. I'm sorry, Booty, taking like a nosedive with his stock. And then, you know, JSN, people were kind of, oh, he was hurt all year. He doesn't have that dog in him. Maybe he's a slot only guy. His stock has bounced back, obviously, after that combine because they were questioning athleticism. So I think the wide receivers were really where the uh, panic started to happen, at least in my perception. And I think that's why people started to drop the class a little bit. But I know you've been a big proponent of this, and I do tend to agree that the strength of a class, like what makes it strong is the quarterbacks and running backs. Yeah, 100%. And I still think, you know, I I think I've been talked into Marvin Mims a little bit. Um a, a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I still really like the top four or five guys. I don't think any of them, you know, Josh Downs, um, uh, Jordan Addison, JSN, Quentin Johnston, any of those guys have really done anything to hurt their stock. Uh, yeah, I guess JSN, you know, he, or uh, Quentin Johnston, he, he, what he, he measured in a little smaller than we thought he was and ran a little bit slower. Um, but I mean, I, I think overall, no one's really hurt themselves this draft class. And that part of that, except for booty, but I think part of that is, these guys have these agents and stuff have it down to how to kind of manipulate the process down to a science. Yeah. I do think at some point we're going to have, have to have to have a discussion when you look at the R the uh, RAS scores, how like everyone's like a 98th percentile athlete now. Yeah. But they didn't do like three events. I don't know why we don't just assume that they would have been average at that event or slightly below average, give them like a 4.5 whatever that would be for all of the, I have been playing around with that and then seeing like what they end up with. Oh, okay. Cause that, that the, we keep getting all these guys that are, you know, the tight end class, how many like 90 plus percentile tight ends yeah. are there, like 13 and you go and look at like half of them didn't jump, like half of them didn't run half of them didn't do the agility drills. Like they didn't bench. Like it's, it's like just size and they, they ran the 40 and it gives them a nine, eight. It's like, well, if they would have done all those other things, I'm pretty sure they probably wouldn't have wound up there. So we're getting players that are better at manipulating the draft process, but I still think no one really hurt themselves this year, except yeah. for, again, the booty. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. Jokes write themselves, right? <laughs> Last bit of news here, and this is more just because you haven't had a chance to talk about it yet. Um, the Lamar Jackson situation here. We'll just get your quick thoughts on the Lamar Jackson situation, because I've talked this to death, really. Uh, how much maniacal laughter do you want before you cut me off? Um, do you know Mandrake or Mandark? From... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You could do as, a little bit of it. 
as a massive Steelers fan, also a lifelong Rams fan, um, <laughs> I am just really appreciating a moment in which the Ravens front office management, etc., looks mortal because they have had this reputation as do no wrong, always make the right decision, savvy deal makers, blah, 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 blah. And they've absolutely totally crapped the bed on Lamar Jackson. I agree with their decision to not pay him a fully guaranteed contract. And actually, I actually think their offer that they gave him was atrocious. But if you have a potential franchise quarterback on your roster, I don't think you want the descriptor of the contract that you offered him to be not atrocious. So <laughs> that that's that's the part where they start losing me. I, I think they've they've really bungled the whole uh opportunity to, to move him somewhere else i think they've fumbled large scale figuring out how to build that franchise around him while he was still there and now they're kind of stuck in between two places uh so i i love it from a steelers perspective i i really really do i don't know what happens to him but i i really don't think he plays there again i think he's well intentioned but I don't want to use the word naive because I think that kind of infantile, mm -hmm. whatever infantile. that word, like it is, uh, yeah, fan, yeah. but I think he has been a little naive throughout this process with no agent, with some of the things that he can't do because he doesn't have an agent. And now he's kind of reached the point where he needs an agent, but he's made such a big deal about not having one for so long that he's kind of boxed himself into a corner, even though he really has all the leverage so I think it's been handled poorly by pretty much every party here. I still I don't think he plays for the Ravens again. I think he would rather sit than play for them again. And I think if it comes to that, that's what he'll do. Um, but I, I, I have to think there's some sort of move that's going to be made. And I think if I had to guess, it's going to it's going to be a move that we don't necessarily see coming. The, yeah. I think that's kind of where I'm at too, because the obvious options don't make sense anymore. No. No. So I think you'll see some sort of really weird backdoor trade that ends up happening that, that sees him go uh, to a different team. And I think he'll be fine there. Uh, you know, I don't know that he's a top five NFL quarterback, but he's not a bum either. And I think um, I, I, I kind of do like that the NFL owners have put their foot down and said, said no more uh, guaranteed, you know, $400 million guaranteed contracts. I don't think he's worth that, but I, I kind of appreciate that they've, they've done that too. Fair enough. Yeah, That's like I said, I've, I've I've talked the Lamar situation to death, but I think uh, I agree with most of what you said there. I didn't listen to the show at all while I was gone, so I yeah, I, no, I, I don't know what you said, but I would assume it was rational, uh, a little mm -hmm. vanilla. Um... <laughs> <laughs> and very agreeable right? with nobody else on the show. <laughs> yeah, I was agreeing with myself the whole time. A lot, of, uh, a lot of Pat, you can hear the Pat on the back here. Yeah. Collins getting himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds great. <laughs> All right, into second-year players. Like I said, this is the rookie time of year, but we can't forget about some of these second-year guys who had you know, maybe a solid rookie season but not spectacular. Maybe they underperformed expectations a little bit. Uh, so we'll start with second-year players that we are buying. And I will... We'll start at the quarterback position, and I will let you go first here. Austin, oh, I was what's, say you should, 
I was going to say you should go first. Look, I think there's really only two answers to this question, right? Because there's probably only two guys <laughs> in this class that yeah. at least predictably are going to start some sort of NFL game in the near future. Uh, you you chose one. I chose the other. I chose Kenny Shocker. Pickett. I, I don't think that Kenny Pickett has the ceiling at all. And as a Steelers fan, I'm not even sure that he how, how long he plays in Pittsburgh. You know, overall, I think they'll, they're going to give him a fair chance. But he really wasn't that bad down the stretch last year. The Steelers have made a very concentrated effort to improve the offensive line, signed a bunch of interior guys that are at worst league average uh, league starting average uh, uh, guards and, and interior linemen. So I think the middle of the line will be significantly better. Um, we'll see what they end up doing in the draft. They essentially have two first round draft picks. I think one of them will be used on either the D line or the defensive backfield, but the other one uh, offensive line definitely going to be in play. Um, I, I think he has the weapons. The The big question is going to be the, the offensive coordinator. And I still think, you know, I said it after last year and it didn't happen, but I do think if they go another year where the offense just doesn't really produce that you will see a new offensive coordinator. They, they won't give him another year. Um, this is just the Rooney's kind of being a little cheap and kind of, you know, they don't really ever fire anybody. It, it's pretty rare that they do that. So I still think Pickett, he, he's, he's, he's pretty locked into that role. And I think um, he, uh, he's valued as what, like the QB 19, QB 20. Right now, Roughly. I think he, I, he's probably worth a little more than that. You know, I, if I could get him for a late first, I probably would. I, I, I think I, I will say I would, would probably rather have all four of the quarterbacks that are in this rookie class at the oh, top. Okay. Even and Levis? Even, even Levis, just because I think, you know, if he hits or if he ends up being average, he's probably worth more than a picket guy kind of guy would be unless Pitt, Kenny takes a really big step this year. But, um, you know, if you, I think all those guys are off the board conceivably in a regular rookie draft by the 110 or whatever the equivalent of value is yeah. if you're in a C2C league. So if you can get him for less than that, then I think you're probably pretty happy with that trade overall. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, I think the Will Levis thing is really going to depend on where he gets drafted, like what draft capital he actually ends up getting. Um, and who is in your league, because I know there's a lot of detractors for him, but even when Daniel Jones was coming out, you know, he was a guy who was worth taking in the back half of your first top half of your second round because it's a quarterback, you know, and then look at how, look at what Daniel Jones is doing now. You know, he finishes the top, he finishes, I think the QB 10 last year tied to a good coach in Dayball. So, you know, he, he's seen an increase in stock there. I, you know, Levis, if he goes somewhere where they can develop him as a actual quarterback, you know, maybe he has that type of a, of a ceiling in him. Whereas I think Kenny Pickett is more of a Kirk Cousins type of a guy, which isn't a slander or anything like that, but he's probably going to hang out around that QB 12, QB 15 range for like the next eight years. Which... Uh, do any of the Levis potential spots that have been rumored interest you, Colin? Uh, the, the Colts, does that interest you? Uh, maybe. I do like St. Shane Steichen. Steichen. I think he could do some creative stuff there potentially. So I think that would probably be the best spot for him, but not really. 
Uh, I, I would not want him to go on the Texas to the Texans. Uh, the Panthers, I think, is out of question at one. Um, at the Raiders signing Jimmy G, I think, kind of took them out of the running of that. If the Falcons take him, I'm going to jump out my window. Um, that's kind of where I'm at. Could, you know, Tennessee, Tennessee at eleven if he's there. If they they want to move up a couple spots, I could see them as a spot. Would you like that? I mean, I think that's really the only other realistic one unless he really starts to slide and then you maybe the the commanders um maybe even detroit with their second pick or somebody who wants to move up to detroit's second pick there i think maybe you start that starts entering into play i'm not sure that it would be in play tampa bay at 19 yeah i could see slide they 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 i think that's his floor i think is tampa at 19 to be honest um but uh, Tampa wouldn't really interest me all that much. I, I could see Tennessee possibly because, you know, Ryan Tannehill had some nice years there. I think he's kind of on the downslope of his career. But who, who was the last quarterback in Tampa? Did he do anything when he was there? Um, Yeah, just, but he's also he's also one of the best of all time. It's just funny that you're, you're like, so, Tennessee sounds better because Ryan Tannehill had a couple good years there. I, 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 Tampa's set up pretty well too, right? I mean, I don't know. Evans, Godwin, solid options. Weapons wise, they're they're pretty set. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think they don't have a lot of money this off season, but I, from what I've heard, they've done a pretty good job, kind of patching up offensive line holes and stuff. So I don't know that would be a bad spot for him. He would take that job over Trask tomorrow. Well, they they signed Baker. Um, oh, that's right. They did. They did yeah. sign Baker. I Baker might keep him on the sidelines for a few games until if he would collapse, and then you kind of got a guy sitting there. I forgot they signed Baker. I'd see that I, I, I didn't come on the show. And then some of these, these smaller moves just because I obviously didn't listen to it. Like I said, so. Yeah. Yeah. I know you didn't, you never listened to, to this show. Sorry. Are you though? No, I'm not sorry. You're, you're right on that. Who, what you, I mean, you chose the other quarterback. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so the other quarterback, I think that is an option here is Sam Howell. Um, and he's a guy that I was higher on in the process last year. He's my QB one coming in. Um, you know, I thought he possessed an NFL skill set. I think he's, you know, Baker Mayfield esque. He's a little smaller. He's pretty good improvisationally. Um, but I thought he had, I, I was pretty surprised when he fell as far as he did. It was, I think fifth, fourth I think round. It was the fifth round. Fifth yeah. round. Yeah. I was pretty surprised when he fell that far, but I liked Washington as a landing spot because Washington has had a revolving door of quarterbacks since 2020 when Ron Rivera came over there. Um, the quarterbacks that they have had in that time frame, uh, Dwayne Haskins, Alex Smith, one game of Ryan Fitzpatrick, Kyle Allen, Taylor Heineke, Carson Wentz. They only had one Fitzpatrick game in there. Yeah, he got hurt like first game. Huh. I swear I thought he had like a whole run there. No, I traded like a second round pick in the league to go get him. And when I, I was like, I kind of need a third quarterback. And that then he the, got hurt after one game. And yeah, fairly funny. I do remember that. Yeah. That's a league we're in together. Yes, it is. I don't remember which one it was, but yeah. Um, But yeah, anyway, so I, I think this will, it, like I said, they haven't really had any good quarterbacks there. But since Scott Turner, the offensive coordinator, has been there, um, the combined Washington quarterbacks would have finished QB 12 last year, QB 16 in 2021, QB 23 in 2020. 
So they've been getting progressively better, but it's not a bad situation. Um, they have a good trio of wide receivers there as well with McLaurin and Dotson and uh, Curtis Samuel. So they have some solid weapons. Uh, I think that Sam Howell is has an opportunity here. And they've been putting their support behind Sam Howell all offseason here. So they've been giving him everything that, that he could probably need. And I think he'll finish as like a mid-tier QB2 this year. He's got some mobility with his legs too. So maybe he can even get up into the top tier, uh, top end of QB2s. Okay. But I think like a, a Q, I think he'll settle in probably around QB 16 to 18 range. Uh, but I could see him getting up into, you know, QB 13-ish. Have you seen him move in any leagues? I, I have haven't. not. I, I, have. Ha- I have him in a decent amount of places, so I have not been actively trying to trade him. I, I have not seen him move anywhere yet, so I'd be interested to see some trades to see what his value is um, to gauge whether that should be a, a buy. I, don't, I just have such a hard time buying a lot of players at this time of the year because they, I mean, it's... Half these guys are going to get absolutely destroyed by the draft in four weeks. I know that's kind of you know speculating in the marketplace, and that's how you you gain some major value. But it's I, I don't particularly like to do that. So um, Hal's not going to be a guy I think that I'm necessarily buying uh, at this stage, especially with four new quarterbacks coming in, shiny new toys. Um, I'll just go ahead, Colin. I'll, I'll just hop into the running backs because I think the running backs. I, if if we didn't want to buy any of these quarterbacks, we definitely don't want to buy any of these running backs. I don't know that any of them are, are decent values anymore. You go look at some of the running backs from last year, Kenneth Walker. You know, I, I don't know that if you're buying him today, you're buying him at any sort of significant value. You're, you're kind of paying up for him for a guy that I don't know that the ceiling, the, the ceiling, ceiling, ceiling is there for, for a guy like him. Brees Hall coming off the knee, uh, but he's still kind of priced as a top three to five back. So again, not, not a lot of positional value there. And then pretty much every other back in this class, there's worry that, that they'll get drafted over or complimented and, and kind of take away some of their touches. We're talking Tyler Algiers of the world. We're talking Damian Pierce. We're talking, oh, geez, I don't know. All, all of those guys that, that were kind of uh, fill-in surprise guys last year, I don't know that any of them are really that interesting so a guy that i actually am looking at calling is a guy that you i don't think you'd ever expect me to uh to say here on this show i am full of surprises i, I returned for my hiatus a, a wiser more enlightened being maybe you should take more hiatuses <laughs> your words to god's ears my my friend um <laughs> I, I think the only buy the only buy in last year's running back class right now today is james cook whoa yeah okay it feels really weird to say it because i'm not a huge james cook guy Mm -hmm. but i think he is one of the few running uh, you know like like i was just saying you know kenneth walker he's probably priced about what his ceiling is Brees hall hasn't really dipped in value at all after the knee you know you got all these other guys but cook i think is still priced rather appropriately and his role with the Bills, is not going to be drafted over. And he's the kind of guy that if they get a compliment to him, it probably still doesn't hurt his value. And if they don't draft anybody really at all, then you have to figure the size of his 
his his role there will increase, you know, even if it's not bell cow status. So I think he's the only guy in the class right now from last year that is worth any sort of buy at this stage. I know coming out of left field. Shocking. I know. Shocking. I know you and I neither you and I were both not huge fans of James Cook when he was coming out. Don't um, hate the player. I hate the, the, the cost. And I think if I have to gun to my head, I mean, that's the guy I got to go get. Okay. Um, I don't necessarily disagree with that. I mean, Devin Singletary is out of town. They, they still have Naheem Hines there, which I don't really know what that role is going to be for him. I do think they will draft somebody. Is it Bijan in the first round? I've seen that mocked a lot. I don't necessarily know if they go that route. I think they've been a little bit more shrewder of a front office uh, lately than somebody who would draft a running back in the first round, even though I think B. John Robinson is very good. And if you're going to do it, if you're going to draft a running back in the first round, it should be in a situation like the Bills where they have all of the other pieces kind of in place. So I don't think that would be a terrible idea, but I don't think they go that route. So I could see James Cook uh, be having a nice little bounce back next year after you know, disappointing as a rookie. Well, you didn't even put anybody on the sheet, so uh, I did it. I can't preemptively make fun of you, but who's your one guy to buy? Uh, my one guy to buy here is, and it also really has to do with cost as well. I mean, if there's anybody from this class that I'm buying, it's Brees Hall. I do still really believe in Brees Hall. I think he's a top five running back in the NFL. We saw it towards the end of, or towards the beginning of last year until he got hurt. Um, but like you said, he's priced pretty much appropriately. His value hasn't dipped. So a guy that I'm buying is Jerome Ford. Hmm. Um, That's with, actually a good answer. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. I'm surprised. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I just, let me just bask in this compliment for a moment. Um, okay. So yeah, I'm taking, I'm buying Jerome Ford because that, coaching staff that they've shown to use to, to want to use two running backs, Nick Chubb locked into that role. That's settled. Um, there's no real debate about that. Kareem Hunt's not there anymore. Um, I haven't seen him land anywhere yet this off season, Mm-mm. but they have that RB two role still open. Now, is that going to be this RB one, you know, home run league winning type of a player. No, unless there's an injury to Nick Chubb, then, you know, whoever would fill in there, but you can't really predict that and you can't rely on injuries. But I think Jerome Ford is going to have a role in that offense this year. I think he's the second most talented running back in that backfield. He was a guy that you and I were both high on coming out. So I, and I don't think people have necessarily caught up to, one, how talented he was when he came out, uh, and two, that he's going to be looking at the RB2 role this year and have an opportunity to have some standalone value a la James Cook. Jerome Ford owners are praying, doing some sort of you know voodoo ritual. I don't know what you got to do during the entirety of the draft, right? Yes. With yeah. how deep it is. I, even a guy um, like I, I'm really, really low on Dwayne McBride. I, I'm That's not the exact McBride name I was just thinking. But you could take Dwayne McBride in the fourth or fifth or whatever, and then you know that that, that makes it cloudy. At least I think I think Ford's the better player. I think you'd play over him. But a guy like that that kind of goes later. I think you're you're hoping that it's you're hoping that it's a single note kind of guy that they take because Ford is still kind of the generalist there because they didn't resign uh, Dearness Johnson either, right? 
I don't believe so. I, I, I want to say he ended up in Tennessee. I, I'm pretty sure he left. Sure. I'm pretty sure it's just yes. Ford and Chubb really there right now. So yeah, I mean, you're you're really just hoping that they don't go snag a guy in the, you know, they don't go take Charbonnet or, yeah. um, you know, even Auchin could potentially make him obsolete depending on what they yeah. want to do. A guy like that. So you you're really hoping that they if they if they go head that direction they they uh they bargain shop at the end of the draft and they don't have all their picks so that's right. possible for sure yeah i mean I, i'm thinking if they take a guy like in that eric gray range i'm happy with that because i don't know I that eric like, gray gets drafted anymore by the way after that 40 yes <laughs> yeah well that's kind of what i was thinking is i, I mean I, I think he probably will still get drafted but i think it'll be late but that's a guy that i'm pretty confident jerome ford is better than and will beat out you wanted to. We talk about kind of flips in fortune in C two C leagues and how trades can go from bad to good to bad to good really, really quickly. I in a league last year and the off season before the season began had an offer of my Eric Gray for their Michael Trigg. Oh, and I sat on it a little too long debating it, and it got revoked. And I really kicked myself for a long time over it. And then Gray had a really good season, uh, got me really, really far uh, in the CFF playoffs. And Trig did nothing. And now both of them have no value whatsoever a year later. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, I guess, I guess really at the end of the day, I, I guess I made out better because he, he helped me in the playoffs. But that was, that's one of those trades that you just look back on and you're like, well, I guess, uh, I guess no one really won or lost uh, uh, that hypothetical trade. Yeah. Yeah, that was like the one trade that we did. Uh, the one time it was like Jarek McKinnon and uh, for a pick that, that, pick I... that became Rashad Penny. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah Jarek We McKinnon somehow both was... lost value on that trade. I don't understand how that happened. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, gotta love those ones. Um, all right. Into the wide receivers, though. And you said that there's a lot of them that you're looking to buy here walk us walk us through a couple of the guys that you think are uh some of the better buys right now i think the two biggest most obvious names and i think all of them are still probably buys if you really truly believe in garrett wilson and, and drake london their price shouldn't be prohibitive right now uh but I, Jahan dodson and Traylon burks are the two big ones i'm still kind of skeptical on dodson do i think he's a star no do i think he can be a mid-ish wide receiver two or at least in that range you're in you're out for the next you know five to seven years I, I definitely think that he could depending on what the quarterback play looks like there in, in washington had a pretty efficient year last year um did a lot of the things that we saw him do in college at a pretty decent level win deep uh create explosive plays uh score touchdowns he did all those things at penn state you know is there some regression coming maybe but I, I, he's just kind of always done those things. So I think that's just kind of the type of player he is. So I think Dotson uh, at current value, at least from what I can tell, uh, is probably a, a still a buy. If it's a C2C league, I, I don't know exactly how much I'm I'm spending up for him. Uh, we just did the C200. So that, that, that process kind of made you think. I, I think I would still prefer some of the freshmen, uh, the, the, like the top tier freshmen over him. So I probably wouldn't spend like a first round supplemental value. Uh, you know, John T. Cook, Zach Branch. Um, maybe I'd take him over Ennis because he was my my fourth guy in the tier. Um, and uh, uh, 
and, and Lemon. I, I'd probably take those guys over him, but he's kind of in that that value range. And then I still think Traylon Burks is a buy. I, I still think he went healthy last year. He he was very very good. Um, I still think his role is extremely valuable. He can move around. You can kind of get him touches wherever and let him cook a little bit. Um, and again, I think this is an offense that's ripe for a quarterback upgrade. Like they're, they're transitioning, you know, Derek Henry's going to be gone here soon. Ryan Tannehill's going to be gone here soon. And, and did they cut Robert Woods? Yes. Robert Woods is gone. And the person who was number two in targets is also gone. So it, it's a real changing of the guard. And I, I think that he's, he could be the, uh, centerpiece of the new Titans offense over the next few years. Yeah, I I completely agree with that. I had Trey, I had some some notes prepared on Traylon Burks because I wrote two guys down just in case you took uh, the first guy I was going to talk about, but you didn't. But just to talk a little bit about Burks, um, he was third on the team in targets last year, even though he missed six games. And like I said, the top two guys in targets are gone: Woods and Austin Hooper. Um, Austin Hooper was second <laughs> on the team in targets. Yep, that's not not great, not great, Bob. Um, but yeah, so those guys are both gone. So he should be the focal point of that passing attack. Now, yeah, Tennessee was had the third lowest number of pass attempts, and I don't expect that to dramatically improve. I think you know they'll probably still be bottom five ish. Maybe they're closer to five, like fifth lowest. I don't think there's going to be a big swing either way in the volume just because that's who they are philosophically but like you said there is kind of a changing of the guard of that team they're going to have to make some decisions about their identity moving forward and if they're smart i think they build around burks so i agree with you i think burks is a really nice buy you even if they we've seen pass attempts year over year isn't necessarily super sticky outside of basically the ravens and the titans over the past four to five years and that's just because of the limitations of their either their quarterback or the fact they just had a superhuman running back that couldn't be stopped. So I don't know that necessarily it would it shock me if you told me that, yeah, I pulled up the, the, the sports almanac three years from now and the Titans actually passed like the fourth most times in the league. Cause they've got a new quarterback in there and they've got another good receiver and it's kind of a nice one, two punch. Like things, things change so quickly in the NFL that I don't know that the value that, that the situation should be baked into Burks's value. And it really seems like it is some of these guys. It isn't. You know, Garrett Wilson, the situation isn't baked into his value. He is what he is. But a guy like Burks seems like it is. So that those are the kind of guys that just feel like they're they're ripe for the buying at this stage. Yeah, and, and Burks is a guy that we've seen transcend a offense before. I mean, when he was at Arkansas, that is has really always traditionally been a run-heavy offense. They did not have a um, phenomenal passer in K.J. Jefferson, uh, but Traylon Burks still produced big numbers and you can do a lot of different things with Burks. He can win in a lot of different ways. So, you know, I, I agree with you. I don't think the situation should necessarily be baked in, but it is being baked in right now. Yeah. Um, and was that all the guys you wanted to talk about? Just those top two? Yeah. I, I had Watson written down as well. I, I go back and forth on him, Christian Watson there in green Bay. Part of me, part of me keeps thinking like, what if I was just totally wrong on Jordan Love and he ends up being really, really good? <laughs> and then the other, the other eighty-five percent of me is like, I don't think I was wrong. He was so bad 
in college. And then the reports unanimously were that he was so bad at Green Bay the past couple of years. Like, I don't know that he just snaps his fingers and suddenly figures it out. And I don't know that Watson is the kind of guy I know that you can kind of you can kind of use him in some different ways to just get him into space and, and let him cook a little bit. But I don't know. I, I don't know that he is quarterback proof. And again, is this a case of like you, you shouldn't be baking situation into value? And I don't think his is right now, which is causing him to be rated maybe a little higher than he should be. I, I, I don't really know. I, I, I go back and forth on what to do with Watson. But I think at the end of the day, I, he's probably just a hold. Probably. He's a guy that you can consider buying depending on the quarterback situation there with Rodgers comes back. I think he's a buy, but I don't necessarily think that Rodgers will come back. That's another one where Rodgers never plays another down there. Right. I don't think so, but I mean, I don't know what's going on with him. Honestly, I, I can't see him playing again for that team. I, I don't think he'll do it. I, yeah, I don't think so either. Um, but anyway, my biggest wide receiver buy here, and it's a guy that I thought you were going to talk about, but uh, it's George Pickens. Um, so last year, he finishes the wide receiver 37, uh, which is not great, also not bad for a rookie, um, especially considering when he's not really the wide receiver one on his own team. Deontay Johnson, the past three years, number of targets, 144, 169, 147 targets. Um, so I think he's he's pretty much a lock for... Deontay Johnson is pretty much a lock to stay relatively close to that range. Maybe it dips a little bit um, down into like the 130 range, but Deontay Johnson is going to get his. George Pickens had 84 targets last year. I can see that getting over 100 this year, especially because second on the team in targets last year uh, was Pat Fryermuth, which, you know, yes, Pat Fryermuth, that's a good sign for him. I think he's too cheap right now as well. I'd be buying him. But Kenny, Kenny loves Pat Fryermuth. Yeah. He loves him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would be buying him as well, but he's not a second-year guy. So, um, but anyway, it, back to the Steelers receivers, I, George Pickens is very clearly going to be the number two, and Pickens did have a good rapport with Pickett. Um, the Steelers last year were 16th in pass attempts, so dead even on the uh, on on the year do you know how many passing touchdowns they had last year i know that pickett only had seven i don't know how many i'm gonna say 11 very very close 12 12 okay they were the worst in the league uh the jets were the next closest um with 15 uh so there they had at 12 touchdowns and you were 16th in attempts, 571 passing attempts. They averaged 0.02 touchdowns per attempt. That was the worst in the league. The Jets were also pretty bad, but uh, it was it was the worst in the league. Not, so, not even surprising if you watched guard games last year. <laughs> not, not surprising at all. Uh, but Pickens did lead them in touchdowns, actually. He had four. And I think that is a trend that can continue. I think he is the type of guy who just is going to be able to score touchdowns. I, I think he's a guy you're going to look at in the red zone. You know, I think he'll have the ability to not break a long touchdown run, but he doesn't need to just be in the red zone to score. Um, so I think he's going to score at a, a solid rate again next year. And I don't see the Steelers being that bad 
in passing touchdowns again. They are going to have more than 12 passing touchdowns next year. Book it. I'll bet my entire life savings on that. Oh, all four dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we don't all have mega yachts. I, that I know that you're 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 planning a wedding. I know that your fiance is bleeding you dry over this thing. <laughs> it's okay. This is a safe space. I know she doesn't listen to this show. Kels does not listen to this show. You're right. She does. So you let it out here, Colin, that, that all your savings have gone into one day to make your fiance happy. Um, yes, but there's also a week afterwards where we're going on a honeymoon to Costa Rica, which is to make both of us happy. Mm, so is it <laughs> not quite what I meant, but oh, uh, okay. fair enough. My bad. Um, but yeah, no. So I, I think George Pickens is George Pickens is isn't viewed as negatively as Burks is right now uh, because Burks had a little bit higher expectations coming in and people weren't quite as high on Pickens. So I think those two have kind of swapped in perceived value. So I do think Burks is a bigger buy for me, but Pickens is a big buy for me right now because I think he has a really nice ceiling and Giante Johnson's contract is up next year, isn't it? Or did they just resign him? I don't they, they signed him to two additional years, but I didn't know if like the, the two years uh, he had one year left. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember if the two years were like additional two years or it was like we're going to upgrade this year and then give you one more. Um, OK, but it, it wasn't a long term deal either way. Yeah. So I think there is a very realistic, realistic possibility that in the near future, George Pickens becomes the wide receiver one. Just He has a typical, a more prototypical alpha wide receiver as well. So. That's a guy that I want to buy. So he has two more years, so 2023 and 2024. Ah, okay. Well, you know, still still definitely interested in Pickens. Um that's uh, tight ends. I mean, we don't we we rarely ever talk about them on this show. I, I wrote down Jake Ferguson and Trey McBride. Um, just because I think both are in unique positions where they're on teams that use multiple tight ends a lot of the time and the Cardinals have two tight ends. I doubt they're going to draft another one. So I think McBride's safe along there with Ertz and then Ferguson, even if they draft another guy, probably still get some playing time there as the uh, resident holdover, unless Dallas spends the 20, whatever pick on, I mean, it would shock me if they took Kincaid or, 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 or um, mayor Washington mayor. Yeah. Thank you. Um, So, I I think that both of those guys are relatively locked into some sort of role that they already have. I, I'm not huge fans of either of them. I don't think the ceiling is there on either of them. I'm not going to trade for one of them, but it's anything more than a throw-in. But I think both are intriguing just based mm-hmm. on, on kind of probably insulated value even through the draft. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I had Greg Dolchich was a guy that I, I think is worth um, – looking into right now he was a guy that i liked his profile coming out converted wide receiver he's athletic he's still big um and he played about 50 percent of the snaps um leading up to like towards the end of the year last year he had a nice finish um there was one game where he got over 70 percent of the snaps so his role did start to build i think that could potentially build as well next year um so I think he's really cheap. So he's a guy that I'm intrigued by as well, but I'm with you. I don't think any tight end in this class is a buy 
I think the in the twenty in the twenty twenty two class is a buy. The twenty twenty three guys I think are more intriguing, and they're just all going to step in and, and step into similar roles in the, the the tight ends for this year. I'm not sure that you know Jake is Jake Ferguson significantly better than I don't know. He's one of these random fourth or fifth right uh, Tucker Craft. Yeah, I I, I don't know. <laughs> Probably not. They're probably comparable. Um, I, I, some of these other tight ends that are in that range. It's just kind of a cluster. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, all right. Into the second year players versus the rookies. We're going to play a little this or that. So we'll pick one or the other. Although I did cheat with the very first one here. Yeah. Um, but I had to. It's it's the Ohio State wide receivers. You this had is, to, Colin? You had I did to. Have to. Content. For the content, okay. um, JSN, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, a lot has been made of who's the best of this wide receiver group. You know, JSN has been named as the best of this group by a lot of football people, including Wilson and Olave. So, who are you taking between that trio? Yeah, I think you have to take Wilson at this stage if. You just had your choice. You know, it's the first day of your your first day as a Pokemon trainer, and those are the three Pokeballs <laughs> sitting there on Professor Oak's desk. I think you have to take Wilson based on the information that we have right now. Um, but I would I would rank them Wilson, then JSN, and then Chris Alave. Interesting. I like Alave. I just think there are there's a very strong a large majority of folks that just have Olave as this locked-in guy for forever moving forward. I, I like Olave. I'm just not sure that he is an elite, elite, elite guy, especially for fantasy. So I think I would take Wilson, then I would take JSN, and then I would take Olave at this stage. Okay. So... I would take so if this is redraft, I would take Chris Olave because oh, I sure. like short term situation. I like him being with Derek Carr, but I do agree with you. I think he's the and this isn't a knock on Chris Olave. I'm not saying he's some schmuck, but I think he Man, is the least. Bum. Say it. I think Say he is the Chris Olave is a bum. Chris Olave is the least talented of these wide receivers. I can I can I can clip that. I can work with that. Okay, okay. continue. Okay. Yeah, Chris Chris Olave is the least talented of these of these three. Um I, I do think Garrett Wilson, I think you have to put him first for now. I'll be interested to see where JSN lands because I think if JSN lands in a situation where he's tied to a like very good quarterback for a long period of time, then I think I would be willing to entertain bumping him over Garrett Wilson. Um, like if JSN ends up in Kansas city and obviously that's the wet dream for every wide receiver. Um, Cause the Kansas city wide receiver rooms, I know you said you didn't listen to last week's show. They're uh, wide you, couldn't, you couldn't have paid me. Their wide receiver room is atrocious. They have five wide receivers in the roster and none of them are good. Uh, and the only one signed for longer than a year is Marquez Valdez scaling. Um, so I think if he ended up there, 
I would entertain the conversation, but there aren't too many other places that I think JSN could go that I would put him over Wilson. Um, but again, that's not a knock on JSN. I, I think he, a lot, it, it's overblown the, oh, he only plays slot, so he's not going to be a good wide receiver at the next level. I don't care. I, I want him for fantasy. Like that is why, that is what we play here. You know, I don't care if Garrett Wilson or, or even Chris Olave are a better real life wide receiver. I want the guy who's going to put the most fantasy points for me. And I think JSN can do that. So I'll go Wilson a lot or Wilson JSN Alave as well. Uh, that was just a long-winded way to say that I agree with you. Wow. Some things never change. They really don't. Colin talks himself out at the end of the day. He agrees anyway. Yep. Pretty much. Um, I think for your bingo. I think the next one here is interesting. Uh, I think these players are relatively similar stylistically here. I think they're going to get relatively similar draft capital. Uh, we got Traylon Burks, who we just talked up, and Quentin Johnston, wide receiver from TCU. Who you got? This is a tough one. Uh, that's not that. T- I-, I think Burks is a better player. Um Obviously, Johnston could go to a situation that that maybe is perfect for him. You know, again, the the, the as as Colin disgustingly said, the wet dream. Grow up. <laughs> but I mean, I guess that that's the term that I could use for this. So yeah, that I mean, you you could send him to a. I think he would be interesting, and he won't fall this far. But I think the Texans have their second round pick, right? I yeah, think they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, oh, they have Cleveland's. Do they have two firsts this year? Um, the Texans, they I should have Cleveland's, right? So, yeah. Like, if they use that second pick on it on a guy like Johnston's, and, and you take a quarterback, and then you cut, you've got a uh, you got Johnston, you got Nico Collins, and maybe that's the start of something. If that if the quarterback pans out, you've got uh, a Damian Pierce in the backfield, and probably add another guy to that mix. I mean, that offense Devin maybe Singletary. starts to look a little more interesting. That that could be an interesting spot. Um, but I, I'll still take Burks. I think he's he's more athletic. We know, we know it now at this point. Bigger, faster, stronger. Uh, and he wasn't that bad year one um, when when he was healthy there. So I think of a full health, fully healthy year of Burks, and we're going to be thinking very differently about him this time next year. Yeah, I agree. Give me Burks too, Damn it, Colin. I know. I know. Disagree, man. I I show something. I can't. I'm not the biggest Quentin Johnston fan honestly um I, he he was my wide receiver four for a while and now he's three because of uh because Boutte fell booty yeah. fell but I I feel like he has a really high ceiling and he still needs some refinement as a receiver and is going to need to be um a focal point of the offensive game plan early on in his career until he can learn to kind of create for himself a little bit better. Uh, So in that situation, give me Burks who is, who can do everything Quentin Johnston can do. And like you said, is bigger, faster, stronger. And I'm pretty confident Burks is going to be the wide receiver one this year and moving forward in Tennessee. And like we just talked about, they could, we could see an identity shift for them. We don't know. So I, yeah, I'm taking Burks as well. Uh, Moving into the running backs here, we have two of them. 
two two running backs that the quarterbacks really aren't worth doing. Uh, I think we, we talked about that pre-show. You take all four of the big quarterbacks ahead of the guys from last year. I think you said that too, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I think you have to at this stage. Yeah. And we're not going to sit here and argue Hendon Hooker versus anybody. So uh, moving into the running backs, Kenneth Walker versus Jameer Gibbs. Um, both of these guys, the running back two in their draft class, who you got? I have Gibbs higher in my C200. So okay. I am contractually obligated at campus2camp.com, $2.99 a month, $2.99 a year, get you in the door, um, to say nice Jameer plug. Gibbs. Thank you. I haven't lost it, Colin. I told you. I, I'm as sharp as I've always been. Um, I, I would take Gibbs still. I would. I think. Um, I just think he offers so much more as a wide receiver or as a receiver uh, than, than one note Kenneth Walker does. Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. The biggest argument for Walker is, one, we've seen him do it and be successful at the NFL level already. He had a really nice stretch there for Seattle. And two, he's in Seattle, who has had great success with running backs. Um, you know, So I really like that situation. Talent-wise, completely agree with you. Gibbs over Walker. My worry with Gibbs is where he lands. Are they going to utilize him as a more complete back? Or are they going to try to kind of pigeonhole him in a way that the Lions have pigeonholed DeAndre Swift? Um, that situation scares me a little bit. So until we see where Gibbs goes... These guys are really close for me. Um, I'm going to take Walker for now, but I reserve the right to change my mind in like a month or why less. Can't, why can't weeks. you just show some conviction, Colin, for once? Some backbone. Are you my fiance? You know, I don't. I don't want to open that whole barrel of, of things. <laughs> it, you know, we we can we talk about some personal stuff on the show, but that's that's a little bit too far. Uh, yeah, we my have comfort been, level here. We have been criticized of you know sharing too many personal details. So we'll, we'll address that. Don't you worry. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'll I'll take Walker for now. Uh, last one. And then oh, this thing goes on to page two. Oh it my, does. it does. Are you the you were you the type of guy that never flipped the test over? Uh, I'm not, but I I have a good story about somebody who did that in law school. Um, <laughs> we we were at the end of the semester and the final. We were talking about a, a a question that was on it, and someone was like, "Wait, there was a there was like a page like a, a page eight or whatever to the test," and we were like, "Yeah." <laughs> not like you could do then <laughs> is that person a practicing lawyer that person is a practicing lawyer they're actually a very smart person um okay. I, I was well, surprised when they they did dude the amount of this is why like when i was taking the bar exam my whole mantra to myself in my head was like i know some really stupid people that have passed this before so if they can do it i can definitely do it and when i'm eventually a parent someday that's my gonna be my mantra for that too. There's just some stupid people that have no business having kids, so I can pull this thing off. <laughs> I think that's a good mantra to have. Um, but yes, there is a page two. It just has one one battle on it. That's it. 
Okay. Uh, Rashad White versus Zach Charbonnet. Who you got? This is an interesting one. <sighs> I'll go with Rashad White just because there's a chance that he doesn't, that, the, that Tampa doesn't draft a guy to really come in and compete with him. But I think there's a decent chance that they're like in the same backfield. I was just going to say a month they... now. <laughs> And then this is like a, a much different question, uh, a much different uh, uh, debate at that stage. But I think I know where white is. I think I know, assuming they don't take one of these top handful of guys, what his role will be next year in Charbonnet. We'll, we'll see what the NFL thinks of him. So I'll take white, but barely they're pretty close. I, I, I think, uh, I I would I don't feel that strongly about either over the other. Yeah, I think just pure talent. Charbonnet is the more talented running back. Well, so that is. That. Uh, I mean, you know, I believe I said he was going to be a day two back. I was hyping him up. You were you. I, I will give you props on Charbonnet. Oh, okay. I okay. will. I I will give you the win for sure on that one. Because okay. it was so asinine that no one could have seen it coming. You clearly just pulled it out of your butt. <laughs> so I will give you the win there because it, it wasn't, it's not a victory of, it's a victory of chance. It's not a victory of skill. So well, you, Colin, congratulations on Zach Charbonnet. That was a great call by you. Thank you. I mean, I completely disagree with it being all chance, but you know, of course we can get, get, we can get the end of that argument another day. Um, I think Charbonnet is more talented. I think Charbonnet is pretty locked into day two draft capital at this point. So I'm going to take Charbonnet here. I do worry a little bit that one, these guys could very much end up in the same backfield. And two, I could, I could see them taking him, you know, maybe like a Dallas takes him or something like that because they want to pair him with, Tony Pollard. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see them. I could see a team wanting to pair him with a guy like that because while Zach Charbonnet has good receiving numbers, I don't think he is a necessarily a good receiving back. And I saw a really good thread on Twitter today from Noah Hills talking about you know the use of metrics like that um, to inform uh, your opinions and, and you know not having those metrics be the end all be all. So while I think Charbonnet has good um, you know, analytics and good metrics in the receiving game. I think he is just an average receiving back. He can do it, but he's not somebody that I, you know, I want, I don't want him out like outrunning routes or anything like that. Um, and I could see that a team wanting to pair a better receiving back with Charbonnet with Rashad white. Like you said, we know his role, assuming they don't draft anybody. And I think the bucks are going to slow it down a little bit compared to where they were last year. I don't think they're going to be throwing, you know, 600 times, 700 times, whatever it was with Tom Brady. I think they're going to dial it back and they're going to ride the running game a little bit better. So Rashad White, I've seen a lot of people talking about him as a buy, which is kind of why I didn't put him in the second year players that were buying. Uh, I think he is priced very appropriately right now, but there's a lot of risk with him because somebody could draft a back there. But if they don't, he could be a really nice RB2 for you. But again, I'm going to take Charbonnet because I think he's more talented. I am shocked, but I, you know, part of these shows is staying hashtag on brand. Mm-hmm. So I, I am happy that 
that you obliged for this show. Yeah. Uh, well, I know Debbie debate. I think it was last week. Uh, Matt and Chris talked a lot about take lock and I felt, uh, you know, like they were throwing a lot of shade, throwing a lot of shade at me on that one. Call, your ears were burning a little bit as you listened. Bit, like, I yeah. don't know if this is specifically about me or not, but damn it, it's way <laughs> too on the nose. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I get my guys, you know, but that um, was the Marsh Marshawn Lloyd. Marshawn. They actually, they didn't talk about him, but yeah. um, if they had, that's, that's the new Zach Charbonnet, right? That is the new Zach Charbonnet. Yeah. Where, you know, you're going to call it asinine when he goes in the, the third round next year and has a nice year for, for USC and you're going to try much, and, but it's honest work, Colin. You're, you're doing it out here. Try and pass that one off as luck too and chance. But you know, every now and then when, you, when they start piling up, when the hits start piling up, it's not chance. You, you ever, you ever heard the phrase blind squirrel? Even yeah. Blind but squirrel when finds that, a nut? When that blind squirrel has a whole bunch of nuts just just stored away for the winter, you got to give him some props. Blind squirrel lives in the forest, man. There's the, the, the nuts are everywhere. It, this isn't, <laughs> you know, he's not on the moon finding the one. This isn't scrat from uh, Ice Age here. That that's that's what Colin pictures himself as. It's not the case. Uh. All right. Well, that was the last one that I had. So that is going to do it for us here tonight. I was, I'm just, I, this is a longer show, but you know what? That's fine. Uh, I'm, I'm happy to have you back. It's 40 minutes of banter, 20 minutes of information. That's what we yeah. go for on this show. It's a good ratio. It's a good ratio. Not everybody agrees, but we like it. The people seem to like people it. People seem to like it. You know, the people seem to like it. Uh, but that's going to do it for us here tonight. We will both be back next week on campus life um but until next time uh, i'm colin and this is austin and have a good one